Welcome back, everybody. This is the Blackwash Podcast. I'm your favorite host, Larry Sampson, with your co-host, Destiny Johnson. And you know how we do it on the show. Before we get into today's topic, let me tell you what is on my mind today. What is on my mind today is do you ever really know people? I'm going to repeat that. Do you ever really and truly know people? Many of us have had relationships. And now when I say relationships, I don't necessarily mean romantic relationships, but I just mean relationships with people throughout our lives. And then later on, for whatever reason, things fall off. And a lot of times you ask yourself the question, are you two people who grew apart or was it more of a situation where you never truly knew who they were to begin with? And the reason why I'm thinking about this is because recently um, I was made aware of a former classmate of mine is facing some allegations um, for sexual assault. Now, while I not, won't speak as to the nature of those results, um, it's still in its infancy and and more facts are, are being um, relayed. I, I would say that I've, I've had conversations with this person before and it never appeared to me that this would be the type of person who would engage in this type of behavior. And I'm not saying that he did or he did not, but I'm just saying if the allegations are true, I would have never assumed that this individual would have engaged in, in that sort of conduct. And so when it was brought to my attention, my friend asked, do you think he did this? Do you think he did this? Do you think he did this? And I had the natural inclination to say, no, that doesn't seem like him. Like, that's not his personality. But then I had to stop myself in the, my tracks. Let me repeat that. I had to stop myself in my tracks, and I had to ask my question. Well, how well did I truly know him? Like, yeah, I knew him at school, but we never really hung out. And even if I did, right, what about if we hung out every day? Do I truly know him? I know a lot of people were watching the Jeffrey Dahmer series and were watching, you know, the Ted Bundy series or TBK and to name all these other serial killers. And so many people were testifying to the effect like, oh, my God, this guy, this Dennis Rader guy seemed like such a great guy. I would have never guessed that he would do this. Or Ted Bundy was such a pleasant guy and well-liked and how well do we truly know people? And so that's also going to tie in to a bit of our discussion on our topic. But before we get into that, Destiny, what is on your mind today? Um, nothing's on my mind, really. I'm just like going with the flow. Um, I'm really excited. I'm about to have some time off again. So that's really cool. Um, but that's about it. Nothing that you're talking about. I do have a comment about what you're talking about, though, because I have been to school a few times and it's always like surprising when something like major happens with like a classmate or someone that you knew in school. I know like in high school, there was like this kid that was really, really popular and he got arrested for some gruesome crimes. And 
there was even a time that I went to prom with someone and he ended up being arrested and going to jail for like accessory to a murder. And even when I was in college, like this sweet, sweet kid ended up being murdered in, um, while I was in college. And I wouldn't even think that anyone would have anything like negative or any kind of beef with him. So that was surprising. And it just like goes to show you that like you cannot judge people and you don't really know people like just from the surface, like people, they got some other stuff going on that it can like shopping, shocking things like that can happen for sure. No, exactly. And that, and that's, like I said, that's exactly my point. And I think because we, we think we know people, there's this natural inclination to say, you know, so-and-so wouldn't do this or so-and-so wouldn't do that. And I, and I think some people are more willing to just jump at any at any um, chance to defend people. I, I remember when Trump was running for um, election and all these allegations of, you know, not only sexual predatory behavior with adults came out, but even before he even ran, there were what appeared to be credible um, stories and accusation and even suits brought as to um, inappropriate conduct with minors and being at, you know, known child predators' homes with girls and stuff like that. And so many people were like, these are lies and smears. And I'm like, you've never even spent two seconds in a room with this guy. You've never had a conversation. And you're so quick to jump to somebody's defense when you never really know somebody. And so that was just what was on my mind today, but kind of in keeping with, do you really know people? And, you know, part of this story makes me smile just a little bit. And the reason why I said it makes me smile just a little bit is because it reminded me of my mother. Um, my mother and I, and like many other people, we all went and saw the movie, The Blind Side. And for those of you who are familiar with it, and I think most of us are because it was such a, um, incredible movie. It was about this young man who came from squalor and was adopted by these uh, by this white family and then went to private school. And in the movie, he sucked at football, but then they helped him be really good at football. And then he got a scholarship and then ultimately ended up in the NFL and it was called The Blind Side. And it was just an incredible story. And it had my girl in it. What's her name? Um, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock, she can do no wrong. The, uh, you know, the white female Denzel, as I like to call her, um, like she can do no wrong in my book, but it had Sandra Bullock in it and it, and it made millions of dollars and it had incredible success. And, and then the real characters became really famous and they, you know, they were, you know, in all types of interviews and people were just saying, wow, this is just like reflective of what happens when we as Americans all come together and look at each other as people and look to help each other, right? And, you know, at the time the movie came out, well, before I came and kind of go on my soliloquy, Destiny, have you seen the movie? The Blind Side. Yes. Yes. And what were your thoughts on the movie? I thought it was a great movie, by the way. Yeah, the movie was amazing. I think for a long time, I didn't even know that it was based off true events. 
I was really younger, like it's a very old movie, but it's a really good movie. And it's just about this family for people that have no idea about what we're talking about takes in like this kid. And it was just like significant because it was like back in the day. So they took in like this little black kid. And I think like during this time, like who was adopting black kids? So it seemed as if they adopted this black kid and he was very successful at football. And then he went to um, the NFL and like, he was just like, like, you know, a household name. And it was just like this great happy story, but come to find out the allegations, if they're true, that was not the case. So yeah, yeah. And, and let me kind Especially of set, like a tearjerker. Like there's no way you could watch that movie and have dry eyes. Here's the thing. Let so let me kind of set the table, right? Because the the events kind of unfold on a like on a spectrum, if you will, or time continuum. Now, when the movie first came out, Michael Lore, you know, it's about he ended up. NFL player, like I said, it's based on a true story. He played left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens, was an All-American at the University of Old Miss, was drafted in the first round, made millions of dollars, very successful, long, successful career. And so when it first came out, he did have a bone to pick with some of the Hollywood liberties that were taken in the movie. And so one thing that he said wasn't completely accurate is in the movie, it made it seem like he wasn't naturally aggressive or that he sucked at football when, you know, when all this took place and then they taught him how to play football. He was like, that was never true. He was always great. And I remember thinking at the time, well, that's a significant detail because there's a difference between taking in a kid who's not doing well in school and doesn't have any athletic talents, and you're saying, well, this is just a kid who needs a home, and I'm doing the right Christian thing, versus this dude's an all-star athlete and needs a home. Let's give him a home because maybe potentially there could be some benefit, right? So I feel like that Hollywood liberty mattered. But also, he said another thing that was unique about it that the movie didn't capture is in the movie, they just see him on the side of the street. They pick him up and to say, hey, do you want to come home with us? And then he stays there and then they adopt him and yada, yada. And it's a sweet one. But in reality, the school had organized a number of families to have him stay there right it was guy because he was incredibly gifted athletically they i was like hey come to our private school you won't have to pay tuition and we're gonna have a bunch of families more or less that he was staying with so he would stay with one family on monday another family on tuesday so on and so forth so he was bouncing between different families these happened to be one of the families that he was bouncing around at and then ultimately he became most comfortable there. And they said, hey, if you would like to, you could just stay here. You don't have to continue to move from house to house to house. So that was actually the real story behind it. And, and you know, the generosity of them opening up the home. But that, but again, it wasn't somebody just, you know, picking somebody off the street. It was the school reaching out to people to see if they would house this incredible athlete. And, and like I said, they decided. Also, I think it's important to note that the twoies, if, if we're going to be fair, because what, what's ultimately going to come out is whether or not there was some huge money grab. But the twoies 
were already financially successful people. Like, I believe Mr. Tui owned a number of restaurants, like Taco Bell franchises, so on and so forth, and was already doing incredibly well financially. So, you, again, it kind of leads credence to, hey, we were just get, doing this out of the kindness of our heart, or it was a Christian thing to do, yada, yada. But the allegation is that Michael Orr alleges is that he was tricked into signing papers that he thought were adoption papers. He thought the Tuies were adopting him and he would be part of the family like the movie illustrates. But in actuality, they were not adoption papers. And they were, in fact, just documents that allowed the Tuies to enter into contractual, uh, into enter into contracts on his behalf. And the reason for that, of course, was you have this guy who, again, is this incredible athlete. You know, people are reaching out from either which way. And in the case of this movie that they made that generated $300 million, they used his story and likeness and their story. Of course, it's their story, too, and got all this money. And, you know, of course, there's there's some overlap between that on whether or not that was done for nefarious purposes. Now, I don't know about conservatorships and Destiny may know more than I do, but what would be the difference between him signing a document for adoption and conservatorship? Okay, so for adoption, my understanding, because I'm not a family attorney, just FYI, just putting that out there, but for adoption, I believe like it needs to be a minor. And like the difference between like an adoption and a concert, well, a conservatorship is anyone can be under a conservatorship, like even like adults, if you're like, you're found to have like lacking mental capacity and you need someone, um, you need someone to like make decisions and things on your behalf. Is it like a power of attorney kind of thing? I guess so. But like a power of attorney can be like for minimal things. Like a conservatorship is like if you have like an estate and like the court needs to oversee it and you like lack capacity and like someone needs to be appointed on your behalf to make like, you know, the best decisions for you and your estate. So I think that's what it is. And I feel like in this situation, like it was right before his 18th birthday. First of all, I do want to make this clear. I think you like brushed up on it, but he was never adopted. So what's yeah. concerning to me is like, how did this white family just get this little black boy and be like, yeah, this is my son. Like if the tables were turned and it was like a black family with a white kid, it would absolutely not go down like that. And no, and, and from a legal aspect, right, is if he indeed was told he was signing adoptive adoption papers and it was under the impression he was, you know, signing adoption paper and they presented it to him as if it were adoption um papers that's fraud. that's fraud and it's as if there was no signature ever so if he was if he's again trying to set the table for maybe rescinding the contract or or, or the conservatorship if you will if all those events really transpired that way there would be grounds to do that because again you can't you can't fraudulently represent a lot of people was like well he could have just read it but no if, if they presented it to him as being something other than what it was, 
and there's there's some undue influence given the nature of their position. I I think there's there's definitely you know grounds for him to say, okay, I didn't really enter into this willingly because I didn't know what I was signing, especially yeah. if he's a minor. That is definitely something that I was going to say. If he was a minor, because from what my understanding, it was just like a few weeks before his 18th birthday. And then he's like presented with this, like, oh, we want to adopt you, but it's really a conservatorship. For people that don't know, like, it's the same thing that Britney Spears was under. So it's like, she didn't have any control over her money. Like, she had to do all this stuff. Like, her dad was like, you know, like running her dry expending through the conservatorship and like her finances and like abusing it allegedly and then that's why everybody was petitioning for her to get off so with this guy like he's saying that you know there were like plenty of royalties given to the family for this movie like his nfl checks tons of stuff like he was never seeing and it was going to his family and it was because, like, he was blocked from it, from this conservatorship. I don't know, like, what was the reason? Or I don't know all the details about how the conservatorship came about or why he was not found to have capacity to run his own finances is wild. But the family is saying that, you know, this is all a misunderstanding and that you know they still love their son and like this is all going to be worked out but i mean it just well, 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 let, let me kind of let me kind of jump in because actually what they were saying was that you know maybe he's running in on some financial hard time but they said he actually was trying to before the lawsuit was trying to extort them was their words or the words that they conveyed vis-a-vis -vis their attorney for $15 million. And then when, refu when they refused, apparently then he, this is their story. Now he, you know, filed a suit and they're saying all this, you know, all these allegations because they didn't, you know. Well, wow, I didn't know that. No, but also, but also what they're, but what he's saying is the way that the, the, the movie deal went it was signed in the way the contracts were where the twoies made money and then both of their kids who were also characters in the movie both of their biological kids also made money from the movie but michael never made money from the movie mm -hmm. it's, if true that is very questionable and that's putting it in the best possible light it's at best for the two weeks questionable if they set it up in such a way where they would get money and their two biological kids who were characters in the movie would get money but then michael or wouldn't receive any money from it. yeah it's crazy like it's wild i feel like and I don't think it's a big justification for them to just say, well, we thought he would be okay because he was making millions of dollars in the NFL. It's his story. Yeah. Well, it's all of their stories, and that's why all of them should be compensated. But it was it was abundantly clear, although Sandra Bullock was the biggest actress, and they definitely made it from the standpoint of Mrs. Tui being a primary role in it. It's Michael Orr's story. If he grew up to be a garbage man or grew up to be a math teacher or grew up to be an electrician or all these other wonderful professions that weren't, you know, that didn't come with the same notoriety as an NFL player, Hollywood never 
would have taken this story and the movie would have never become what it ultimately became. So at at the very least, he should have got what the the twoies were getting. At the very least, the same. And like I said, it's just allegations. They said he was paid for the movie. He said he was not. The one thing I will say is, and that kind of goes in the favor of the twoies, is that movie came out a long damn time ago. So for him to come out now and say, oh, I never received any money for that movie, that seems kind of fishy. Because the it was such a long time ago. Yeah. Like you would, at that point, you would have known who was getting checks cut for the movie. Well, why is the movie based off of a book? I, I believe so. I believe so. I believe there was a book first, but but don't quote me on that. I do believe there was a book first. I don't know. The whole situation is just like sketchy and I kind of believe him because like, I'm just like, what is the reason why these not these white people are interested in this little black boy if they didn't see dollar signs so i'm just like you know you know know what's a little sketchy to me is what this what this reminded me of and it and it and it saddens me that it reminded me of this was that um there was that one that one um white guy who was known for going to africa and then doing all this work over there and doing philanthropy and then it turns out he was like a child molester and was over there just molesting all these kids and it kind of reminded me of that and it just goes back to how we started discussion is like how do we know what to really believe right and 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 like you see somebody doing a good thing and want and want to think they're doing it out of their kindness of their heart but like, do they have an ulterior motive? You know, is there something else, you know? And to like a smaller degree, you even think about like networks like with Vlad TV and there are people like, oh, is it a guy who's truly a fan of black culture and hip hop culture? Or is it somebody who's just like, hey, I see a way to make money. Let me let me kind of just find my niche in there and then exploit the community. And it's so like it's these are always things that you never truly know 100%. And you kind of want to be able to be in a position where you're just thinking that people are doing things of the kindness of their heart, but you never really know. And the things as observers of this is we don't know these people personally. It could be a situation where if we were dealing with them on a daily basis, maybe we go and say, oh, well, Michael Orr has just gone astray and, you know, he's he's not doing things that are beneficial to him. And then the twoies are just not, you know, not going to be a party in his self-destructive behavior, X, Y, and Z. Or alternatively, if we knew them, we could say the twoies were money hungry. We've always seen that they were always looking at ways to exploit people. There's X, Y, and Z example of this. And it's just like, as just outside observers, all we're left to do is truly is to speculate, is to look at it and say, well, this is what I think is happening. And this is what I think is happening. But you never really truly know. You never really truly know. 
and you never really know who people are. You never do. And you don't ever think that you do either because they'll do something to make you make you think twice about knowing them. So be careful, people. It's dangerous out here and everybody has a motive. No, I'm just kidding. Like some people are good people, but I mean, just beware. Like, come on. But I mean, that's all we got for y'all today. I hope that this story ends up a little bit better. Like it sucks. Um, but yeah, that's all we got for y'all today. And we'll catch up with y'all next week. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe to our podcast. I am Destiny Johnson. I'm Larry Sampson. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we said that shit. And we meant that shit.